Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am your host, Dave. I am so excited to say that we have episode 100 of this podcast with the incredible people who have been part of this show, the co-hosts, you know, Emily, Brooke, and Linda have just been phenomenal. And then everyone behind the scenes, like Christina and what you've done to actually create a process around this show, because I am not that person. And when I was thinking about what do we need for a hundredth episode, what does the world need in 2023? Because it has not been easy to be a human being. Uh, And there's one person I was thinking about, and that is Pete Erickson. Pete is someone I've known for a really long time. He's taught me that it's okay as a man to feel things, to feel empathy, and to really like pour your heart and a soul into things. And we've been able to build some things over the years together. And you are in the thick of things right now with generative AI and the change that we're all feeling in this space, whether you're, you're a builder, a developer, or just a human being in 2023. So thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to me today, Pete. It's so great to see you. Thank you, Dave. I am, uh, I'm really excited to be here. And I actually, I can't believe this is episode 100. I feel incredibly honored, you know, but it is, it is fitting to be, to be here with you. Um, you know, we've known each other for so long. I, I was trying to remember the first time that you spoke at one of our Motive Gosh. events, but I think it was, you know, 11 or 12 years it ago. It was in the, yeah, it was like an anniversary. You know, it might've been like the fifth anniversary when you moved no, to maybe it was that. Washington. Okay, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, 2013, 2014 around then. And, um, yeah. and you know, it was, uh, I, the thing I remember about that is that, um, a, you were just such a good speaker, um, and the way that you, oh, the way you worked with developers back then, it really stuck out. I mean, it takes somebody very special to be a really good developer relations person, and you just kind of like you checked all the boxes. Yeah, so that stuck out, and obviously, you know, we we kind of formed a fast friendship, and um, and it's been fun to be you know working together ever since. And and now we've been on this AI journey together for yeah, uh, you know, the past six six years. So I just want people to know, A, it's awesome to be here and B, it's fun to be talking to somebody who I, you know, consider a friend and colleague in the industry and, um, and you as well, you know, I'm able to, you know, talk about yeah. being a human being, what life is like as a community builder, as an event planner, as, you know, somebody who's really trying to connect the human beings out there. A big part of connecting people is ensuring that we're able to connect, connect us as human beings not just as coders or, you know, tech technicians. Right. Um, so it's uh, it is, it is awesome to be here. You know, and why don't we go a little bit into your background? Because when you first met me, it was Mike, I want to say Microsoft. Yeah. It was Microsoft days. And one oh, of yeah. the things I had happened to me, gosh, it's crazy because it feels like another world now pre COVID. Right. So when I say yeah, things oh, yeah. like this bothered me, right. it's like, no, if you ask me in the past three years, it doesn't seem like anything, but at the time it felt like everything. And so yeah. for me, as someone who went to school for a computer science degree and worked hard as a coder and did the whole corporate thing, I was part of that time during the dot-com fall where companies were really looking at seriously outsourcing a lot of coders. Mm-hmm. And I remember going and telling my wife, I had a two-year-old at the time. I mean, no, she was actually probably one. And I'm like, the companies decided to outsource every single software development project 
I don't know if I can support our family anymore. And that right. feeling that I had where I was like, I love this. Like I knew then I just loved building, right? Mm -hmm. And I loved technology mm -hmm. and I loved software and I loved being around people, building that together and the excitement you feel when you put something out. And suddenly it was like, I can no longer support my family doing this. And that's when I just happened to see on the Microsoft job site, this developer, it wasn't called advocate, it was called evangelist role. Mm -hmm. And so I really, when you saw me back then, it was like, I don't want anyone to ever feel what I felt. Mm. I don't want you to feel like you wasted time on a degree. Mm. You wasted time mm. on this. I want you to like go to work and be like, I'm building stuff and it's important mm -hmm. and it's hard and mm -hmm. everything I do matters. Right. And that was my passion. Uh, as I grew as a person, you know, a lot of it came out uh, in people standing in their purpose and understanding, you know, at the time I didn't understand, yep. you know, one developer, oh, it's, it's, it's all the same. No, people are all different. We have different roles to play and we have, you know, and that was kind of a maturity cycle that I went through, uh, too. But, uh, you know, just, just that change back then. And I think this is really great episode to have right now because I see that again. I see people saying, yeah. what's going to happen? How yeah. are things going to be different? You know, yeah. and I keep telling people, I tell coworkers, I'm not going to name anybody right now. I'm like, you're some of the smartest, most passionate people I know. You have nothing to worry about. Right. But the fact that you're asking these questions means you're going to be okay. Like you're willing right. to figure it out, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. why don't we start with that journey for you to, you're, you know, you're moving yeah. to DC, you're going to, yeah. you know, you wanted to meet yeah, people thanks. and connect and figure this out. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I went through the dot-com uh, uh, bust as well. Um, and, uh, and then I, you know, was part of a startup from, uh, 2003 to 2008 called Coco communications. And we sold, um, a special kind of secure communications protocol, uh, to the government yeah. agencies. We're based in Seattle and I was flying back here quite regularly. And I met this lovely woman named Sabrina Shea in 2006. And, uh, in 2007, I popped the question and, um, uh, so when we awesome. got married, I moved, I moved to the DC area full time. And, um, so I was, uh, and I had um, decided to leave that startup, you know, like a lot of startups after six years, you sort of see the trajectory of where things are going. And you, you know, at that point, it's probably time to start the new thing. Um, the iPhone had come out. I'm in a new city. I didn't know that many yeah. people. And I was looking for the center. I was looking for like, where is this tech community? In Seattle, there was a very vibrant, you know, startup tech community scene. It wasn't as, um, wasn't quite the same in DC. So I started a group. Uh, for mobile development, because I really, I was thinking about going into mobile development myself. I was just trying to figure out, assess the market. But I'm like, who, who in this community, you know, is interested? And so I started Modev. It was called Modev DC. I used Meetup to to, to organize it. And you know, I, the first meeting we had, Dave, was in a pizza shop. It was January 21st, 2009. <laughs> Twelve people showed up, and we met for two hours, sitting around a table. We shared yeah. the check, and. Um, Every I mean, people came out to me and said, and this woman came out to me and I'll always remember this. She said, I've learned more in two hours than I have the previous six months. You have to keep doing this. And like, that was Love just that. like, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, six months later, we had over a thousand members. We were getting more than a hundred people monthly. I was encouraged to put on a conference and I put on my first, you know, multi-day developer conference, not having a clue what I was doing. You know, I mean, it was all, it was all learning in real time. But I came home from that event, you know, told my wife, I said, you know, we made money on this conference. And I think this is actually a really good 
business to be in. You know, connecting people yeah. is a product and it's a, it's a really important product because people kept telling me after the meetups, every meetup, every event, just how important it, you know, just how important the work that I was doing is. And so that just instilled in me this idea that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to build Modev and here I am 14 years later, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm still at it. And it has not been without massive challenges, right? The pandemic, of course, it completely disrupted the event space. Oh um, yeah. You know, so we went through that event disruption. We went through the, the end of the hype cycle around voice, um, voice apps. And I'd built a pretty large conference around voice technologies called, called voice summit at the time we tweaked that brand to be voice and AI. And now we're ready for another brand evolution really to meet the moment, um, that we're in for generative AI. And we're launching a whole suite of kind of new events to really help this community now, you know, connect as human beings and move through this period that we're in now really of it's, it's as big of a change, I think, with regards to like how we work. Um, you and I were talking about ChatGPT before we got on the recording here. Um, yeah. And, you know, just a year ago, we weren't having that conversation, right? So things have changed so much and they're changing so much for, yeah. the, for the developer community, for companies, how they work. And, um, and my role in all this is just to bring the people together, bring the human beings together in good spaces where they can connect and learn and share and grow. And, um, that's at the end of the day, that's become a very worthwhile pursuit for me. And it's, it's kind of what defines me now, I think as a, you know, as a, as a person, but also professionally. So it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's who I am and it's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, gosh, there's so much to unpack there. One of the things I have learned because people don't, you, you it, it depends if there's people who remember me from years ago and the Alexa audience. And that's the really amazing things. When you, when you connect with people in a real way, they follow you a long time. I thought yep. people would stop following me every yep. time I pivoted. And I really do appreciate it. And one of the things um, that you learn is that people appreciate authenticity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if yeah. you can, if you can tell, doesn't matter if other people have told that story. If you tell your story from your perspective, and what's unique. That's, I think, what's important to human beings. And yeah. you've done events that way. You know, yeah. uh, if we go back, people might not know about uh, this about me, but I was like looking to be a professional speaker. I mean, I was doing so many keynotes and I was traveling the world. And, uh, you know, I haven't done a talk in like three years now, Pete. You know, mm. <laughs> there's so many other amazing you gotta uh, speakers that. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll get out there now. I already uh, have an idea I got, for the yeah. <laughs> but for me it was I needed something to say, right? Mm -hmm. And uh voice was so changing. I mean, for people, I a lot of people, I still talk to people who are using Alexa, uh Siri and Google Assistant. You know, it's easy, I think, nowadays to kind of uh to just take it for granted because it's become like double click. In Windows, yeah. I remember having to set up training for people of double-click speed in Windows 3.1, right? Like right. being able to to have voice has become, it, it's just there. You know, I I, yeah. I I still hear my kids and my wife every day saying, you know, Alexa. And if you're listening and you have an Alexa device, I apologize. Uh, but just being able to talk seamlessly as a human being and, uh, you know, it's like Brian Romley always used to talk about that too. Is it, just, yeah. it puts the human being... Uh, first. And I do feel like we needed to go through that first. 
And yeah, it was for, it was a natural look. It was a great evolution, and I think it was a genius yeah. move by Amazon uh, to you know when Siri came out, Dave, in 2011. We hosted a meetup. In fact, I, I, I'm going to go find that meetup and I'll send you the link. We hosted yeah. a meetup on how voice technology like Siri could change the way that your applications work and improve them. And developers spent right. two hours talking about all the ways voice could improve the interaction with their applications. And they were incredulous that uh, while Apple came out with Siri, there was no access to Siri for developers. There was no, no way to access yeah. that API. And still... It's not super easy to access that API. It's still it's still a yeah. little bit challenging, but you know I think it was five years later that Amazon came out with with Alexa and, and the first actually publicly accessible API tool for building voice skills. So there was pent up demand, and I I I knew about it quite frankly because I we had been talking about this previously. So it was a great first yeah. mover. Um, I think voice is very hard to monetize. I think Amazon, you know, and Google got a lot of you know grief from developers about not being able to monetize and a few actually right. did quite well and figured it out like you know with some subscriptions you know games uh sleep aids those some of those folks have done really quite well and we've seen some exits in yeah. that space as well so it's not that the monetization wasn't possible it just wasn't as broadly available and you know i think it didn't kind of have that app store impact that i think people thought as you and i maybe we thought thought would back in 2017 2018 when we launched right. first voice summit we really captured you know that lightning in a bottle for that you know those first events however i think you're right it was a great first step with regards to a conversational ai a lot of people had to understand it and got into the space and you know there was this it kind of reminds me of how human factors engineers became the uxers for mobile um, the yeah. linguists uh, who have been, you know, doing linguistics for as a as a field of study before Amazon Alexa came along were some of the first conversation designers, and it sort of led itself to that. And now here we are in sort of this next generation, if you will, of natural language processing, natural language interfaces, um, AI assistance. Uh, we know that Alexa has a new. Uh, you know, is kind of on a, a new life coming in that's based on LLMs yeah. as does, you know, Google Assistant. Um, yeah, so we're sort of taking this next step right now. Um, and it's uh, so it's an interesting time. And then I think, you know, rel related to a lot of your listeners as well as generative coding is here. So, you know, generative AI is having an impact on natural language, but it's having a big impact on, on, on coding as well and the velocity of coding. And you you see some headlines about, you know, the demise of computer science and, you know, the engineering degrees and all that stuff. And that's all, that's a bunch of hyperbole <laughs> because quite frankly, yeah. quite frankly, we're at that moment where there's, there's going to be more code than ever. And you're going to be yeah. going to need more people who understand code. So it's a, it's not going anywhere. I, uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about this. Maybe I did. I, I know I have privately of you know, why I left that whole chief evangelist role and a shout out to Jeff Blankenberg, who was a friend, uh, who was so, ex you know, like I felt like I was leaving that mantle for Jeff and he really, he just continued to push that, that space. But for me, I felt like after six years, <laughs> this is going to sound so funny to people that don't wire this way, but I know you're wired this Pete is like, I wanted to be an intern again. I wanted to be the person in the room that no one knew. And my only job was to learn things. Right. 
And I've done that a couple of times when I left Microsoft to go to Amazon. Like I felt like Alexa was fine. The team was great. Uh, yeah. And I just wanted to learn again. And that's always been my, uh, my thing. If you ever see Dave pivot, it's because he feels like he's figured everything out and it's time to go back and start over I've again. I've watched you do it. And I've watched you do it. Yeah, it's a, well, like thanks. a three-year cycle thanks. for you. And I think it's a very natural cycle. <laughs> Actually, I think it's very human. I think it's really important that for us to try to reinvent ourselves you know, every yeah. two years. I'm also going to give a shout out to Jeff Blankenberg because I think one of the things that- you Oh, know, just incredible human you, being. Yeah. One of the things that you got to do, by the way, is you rode the hype cycle up. Jeff had yeah. to write it down. Which is well, I wrote it with hard. no plan. That was not like any skill. I just happened to be right place, right time. <laughs> hey, you know what though? I mean, but you put yourself in those positions, right? Right. And um, and you know, as somebody who also rode that hype cycle down with regards to trying to you know continue to build community and and events and and watching you know sponsors have a hard time that are you know having a hard time in the market. Um, right. Yeah. It was you know. It was really, you know, 2018, 2019 was just building, building, you know, we, we, and you know, the first year, if you remember, we, we were planning on 1500 to our first conference. And by the way, I got to tell a quick story. So we, we landed on Newark, New Jersey. We did a nationwide search for where we're going to launch the conference. (laughs) And we ended up with like, I think three finalist cities, um, LA, Philly and, and Newark. Um, right. And Newark gave us this great proposal. Of course they had their HQ2 team that was already like yep. doing this amazing work. And so they gave us this really cool proposal. And, and so we actually had selected Newark and, um, and then we were, you know, working on who the keynote should be. And it was a meeting you weren't in. And we were like, it, it really should be Dave. They would be a great opening keynote. I did not know, um, you know, we landed on Newark and we were going to host it at NJIT. They had a beautiful, large events facility that they just bit, just finished. Yeah. And I had no idea it was cons- complete serendipity that you were an NJIT alum after we had decided you would be the keynote speaker. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of one of those moments like, oh yeah. my gosh. It was awesome so, going back there and seeing it all. It was so different. You know, I'm going to date myself, but like walking around in 1992, yeah. and it was a Vax VMS system and you were just getting the internet and the possibility. And, you know, for everyone listening, this is it. My day is brightened when I can pour into people and let them know that feeling I had walking around that camp. You know, like the, the nothing is uncertain. Like because everything is uncertain right now, nothing is certain. Mm-hmm. There's nothing right. you can't do. <laughs> right. And uh, you know, thanks to you and other amazing people uh, in that voice space. Like I met Adam Chayer, right? Like I actually met yeah. Adam, and he was one of the co-creators of Siri. Mm-hmm. on a panel at Yelp in San Francisco mm. years ago. It was the first time I saw him. And such a humble, he's like, and the, I love like how the magician, he's a magician too. So like oh, how that Adam. playfulness yeah. comes out of yeah. him. Yeah. And it yeah. just reminded me again of like the people that are creating this stuff. And he told yeah. me stories about Steve Jobs in that, in that series. And I'm like, that's really the thing, you know, is like mm-hmm. enabling, if there's anything I can do where I consider myself successful, it's an, it's to enable other people to be amazingly authentic and awesome mm-hmm. because process can get in the way. Right. And you, mm-hmm. and you're, you're one of those people. And so I want to pivot, you know, as, as we move through this and we've all been through COVID and the past couple of years are hard. And now we keep getting told the change. I haven't been, I don't know if I've been able to say this because I, I, I say this to people you know, say this on mic because I say this to people all the time at work. Uh, 
And I've said it to my boss and he was like, what? Uh, but I have never felt more confident in my ability to be a writer and a developer than I am now because of generative AI. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people think this way. Like mm. if I'll give you an example, Pete, if tomorrow they said, Hey Dave, your job's eliminated. Uh, but there's a PM job. Can you go do it? Mm. I would say, okay, I really like working with people. Mm-hmm. I'm really strong intuitively. So I'll be able to figure out big picture, but oh my goodness, will it be painful to write docs every day? But right now I'm like, that will be easy because right. it's almost like I I'm running a team and my team is this AI. And I've never felt like that. It's always been, I have to do everything myself. Coding. Mm -hmm. I asked it to go ahead and um, write in Rust, which is a really cool programming language I've been dabbling in. And I was like, I want you to create an ANSI art. Remember Zork back in the early 80s text-based games? I was like, let's do that. So it created it. And I said, okay, can you write this in a file? And boom, 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 boom. It did the code. And then I said, you know, can you create this in an S3 bucket? And boom, 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 it did the code. That was empowering. Okay. Now, for those folks who don't know, my role, so when I switched from Alexa, I went into developer tools and then Amazon, there's stuff I can't announce yet, uh, but a lot of what we were focused on when we created an internal org that was focused on next generation developer experience and some really amazing uh, people and leaders. And you're going to hear a lot about this at upcoming reInvent. Uh, but a lot of that was talking to these people about what does this mean for real? And this is what I want to talk to you about, you know, and, and you find out that generative AI is really good in specific use cases. Writing docs, when you have an example of how you want to write a doc is perfect. Writing code, when you have a, a you know, examples of what you want that code to look like. So for example, Code Whisper is based off of Amazon internal code mm-hmm. is incredible. And so I want anybody that's thinking about this, like uh, one of these leaders told me, again, I can't say a name, but this really put it in perspective. It's like, Dave, you're you're having fun with this because you know what code looks like. Right. You know what right. to ask for. That's the key. Try going to a person the on the street and say, write code for me. They have no right. idea. And so as a developer, you should feel empowered that you know yeah. that, right? Yeah. And and I don't want you to feel fear. I want you to be like, I know this. It's in my brain. It's helping me. And that should be yeah. greatly empowering. You know, it's almost like yeah. every junior developer got up leveled to a senior developer, depending on the power of the LLM. You're spot on. I think that, you know, um, generative code increases the vo- velocity of code, right? But that actually then creates another challenge. If your velocity of your code has gone up, the number of people you need to actually understand that code also goes up. Yes, because absolutely. Um, so what's going to happen is companies can maybe get to their, you know, they still, how many companies don't have, you know, two or three years backlog of product pipeline that they're trying to get released. Right. And they, you know, they get pushed off and pushed off. Well, so now maybe you can accelerate your product development cycles, but that does not mean you can do it with less people. You just might be able to take a two or three year pipe backlog and get it done in 18 months, the same amount of people. Well, then you're going to end up with another backlog of 18 months. So it's not like, you know, I think 
this notion that that developers are going to go extinct is really not true. There are 28 million developers globally. There's still an undersupply of software developers globally. Um, And I think that, um, yeah, so I think that I think there's just going to be more software. There's going to be more software than ever um, and more applications. And again, that's going to mean, you know, probably more people that understand code. Now, is the developer of three or four years ago going to be the same as developer of three or four? No, no, the role's going to change. The profession's going to change. Organizations are going to change and how they're set up, right? So, yeah, you know, you may not have, you know, as junior of a developer on the team just to sort of fill in and try to, you know, get stuff done and come to the scrum and be, be a part of it. And you, you know, it just may, may change your junior developer may be an LLM, but, um, but it doesn't preclude the need for more people that understand code and the role that they play. So it's going to be an, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. And, you know, I'll, I'll tease out that, you know, one of the communities we're getting ready to launch, um, in addition to our conferences is, is called developers.ai. And with right. our advisory board, we've been having a lot of discussions about what's really needed. You know, we we know how to build community. We know how to bring people together. We know how to, um, you know, obviously do events and all that good stuff. Um, but there's there's a much bigger thing, I think, happening in, so- in software development. Um, and generative code is going to reveal some of these challenges that, um, that companies are going to have now with just with regards to like trying to stay trying to keep, you know, to manage it all is going to be a huge yeah. challenge. So, so that's the things, you know, we think about with regards to like, what, what does the, what does the community need? What does the individual need? What does the human need? But I'm sure it's not without fear for people that, you know, you mentioned early on in your career, you felt like, you know, everything was going to be outsourced, things are going to change, but you found a role that leveraged your ability as a coder that actually fits you perfectly. It was almost like, you know, what a, what a gift that was. Um, <laughs> I, uh, and I didn't know we're at, at that time. moment again, yeah. for, we're at that moment again for developers. It's good. It's good. It's actually a very exciting yeah. time. And you know, it's, uh, gosh, there'll be a couple things, you know, we're, it, it, it's, um, as we're speaking now, I'm realizing how like it's come full circle. So there's, there's two things I want to share. First thing I want to share during the dot-com bubble, and then in the two, 2008 financial crisis, mm. you know, it's like, so I'm, I'm Gen X, and boomers get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that the, the, so many mentors and so many people who are like, I've been through this, Dave, mm-hmm. right? So when the internet came out and the dot-com bubble, I, like, I've never heard anybody talk about this, but there were... Mm-hmm you know, older people who had been through this and told me I was going to be okay. So I'm telling all of you that this is the first time you've seen, whether they're gaslighting us or not about a recession, the first time you've seen this, you're going to be okay. You know, and just, just hearing that and understanding, um, that there had been other human beings through that was, was huge for me. You know, yeah. and and pointing in the direction of you know, uh, this is how things go in cycles, right? There's always this yeah. this rhythm, and uh, I know um, I don't know if I've ever shared this on a mic, but when my youngest daughter was six months old, she was diagnosed for infant botulism, and mm. she went through the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Uh, my wife didn't leave her side for two mm. weeks. We weren't sure mm. if she was going to live. 
Oh, geez, uh, the people there were just uh, 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 just right. amazing, right? And even right. we were like, where does this even come from? Mm-hmm. It happens to, you know, because we never gave her honey or anything. It happens to be spores from the soil just where we live that came up. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it framed everything for me. And it was like everything that I was, imp- that's important to me, I had no control over. It was about mm-hmm. other people helping me. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. as a guy, at least for me, it was right. hard yeah. to kind of give that control. Uh, but the number one thing that really helped me, Pete, was other people saying, because they connected me, Chop connected me right. with other parents saying, our kid's fine. They're just, yeah. they're they're an an- annoying teenager and yours will right. be someday. So right. I'm telling people now what we're going through, what the world is going through, we're all going to be yeah. fine. Yeah. And the best thing you can do, invest in yourself, you know, and there's going to be just exactly like you said, the possibilities of this, this is going to, uh, this blows my mind. I was just explaining this the other day, 17 years, Pete, I've been in DevRel. Mm. I never saw DevRel as an, as a role. I was a coder. Right. Right. And because the world changed, I got to do that. And I know there's going to be some exciting new thing that's going to happen too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I think, you know, I never imagined that I would be, you know, 14 years as a community builder and event organizer. Um, that, that was not, that was really not in the plan. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing that story. You know, we, you do never know, you know, what's around the corner and we've all gone through this, you know, that we've been in this period sort of of what we call like prolonged uncertainty. Um, of course that happened, yeah. you know, because of the pandemic, but we, it just makes me realize the juxtaposition of just what a period we went through almost for a decade of just pure growth. You could build anything yep. you wanted. There was not, you know, we were in this really like between 2009 and 2019, you know, Modev grew every year. Like I grew it every year. It grew like our sales went up every year, a very comfortable, um, you know, business, not without its challenges. Also, I would say that I've been fortunate to be surrounded by team members who support me in the vision. And I'm very, very fortunate to be yeah. surrounded by the human beings that I am. But then, of course, we hit, you know, we hit COVID, uh, uncertainty. And now there's uncertainty around, around war. There's uncertainty around the economy. And I think that you said something really good. And that's, you know, we can focus on ourselves. I know I focus on, I definitely focus. I, I look, I've been very focused on my mental health. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that... Um, that's been really key for me because it's, it's been really challenging. I will, I will say, you know, being an event planner and then coming back off of the pandemic and this was going to be our big restart year. And it started off with yeah. a big thud with all the tech layoffs and everybody contracted and that didn't help. Uh, that didn't help a rebirth of a technology conference, um, you know, post COVID. However, we did get through it. Um, uh, but it wasn't without, you know, big challenges. And now, you know, my hope for 2024, of course, we don't know, but my real hope is that like that is, it's looking like it's going to be a good, like going to be a true sort of like recovery year. However, we yeah. never know what's, we never know what's around the corner, but all we can do is just, you know, I, what I can do right now is stay focused on what I believe the market needs. Um, and yeah. it kind of comes back to just a couple things that are really like, kind of almost basic, but people do well at conferences that are that are safe spaces and what i mean by that is they're they are well organized they have good signage they are um easy to just understand and navigate what we don't understand about the human condition and human psychology is when that happens we do feel safe and we feel like we can learn and we can we can but if we yeah. if we're trying to find our way around and 
we have to ask and we have to do these things. And if we can't find food or something, you know, a, 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 something to drink, like there's all these things that go into event planning. I think that have just become kind of part of, of like how we decide to do it. But I yeah. just come back to like, I have to create a safe space. I have to create, a, you know, the content that I think is most relevant. And I like to live at the edge of where, you know, where things are. Um, yeah. And that's what I'm focused on right now. That's what I can do. And, uh, you know, so we do have some events coming up um, where, you know, we are trying to trying to help this market move along the generative coding yeah. space. And a big part of it, Dave, is not the technology for me. It says, I want developers to come together as human beings to talk about the new reality of what generative right. coding means to the, to the profession, right? And to the individual. Yeah. And I thank you for being so real. Uh, this is the reason I wanted you on. Just kind of take a pause and just talk about where we all are. And I'll add URLs to everything you're doing and the events that you're doing, which are always incredible. But you put people first. And I know there are people who are listening to this that they see that about you. They see you as an example of that human being. And we need that, you know, now more than ever. And I would say what's got me excited is I just talked about this. Uh, let me think. By the time this podcast is out, it may actually be published. Uh, this episode's out. Um, one of the things for me that was su surprising in, you know, we're, we're calling it prompt engineering, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. Here's, here's my take on depending on the size of these large language models, right? But the bigger it gets, to me, it's an echo of us, right? It's a mirror. It doesn't know any of that. It doesn't understand the human condition, but it echoes back to us what we are. And yep. I have found all the tricks that I built up as a dad. So saying, let's take this step by step, or you're really good at this, or I believe in you. All the things that I pour into my kids every day, I've poured into LLMs and they have better results. And people are, and when I tell people that sometimes they're like, no. And I'm like, try it, mm -hmm. you know? And it's because I think it's a mirror of us. And because mm -hmm. we respond to that as human beings. Yes. You know, it comes out that way. Uh, yeah. And I'm not saying you say, you know, create a, a, an array or a linked list, connect it, you know, that's very specific. But I'm talking about uh, in talking in, in bigger concepts, you'd be surprised how you see that humanity uh, come through. And I think there's something beautiful well, about that. And we're going to learn more and more about AI is a reflection of who we are. You know, AI is a reflection yeah. of who we are as people. And it's a reflection of all the content that we've developed. And, and you know, because yeah. AI grabs content from online uh, and, you know, that's why AI you know, LLMs can seem biased. It's because human beings are, you know, we're inherently we have our biases. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, at a broad scale, you know, those biases have shown up. Um, but I think that, yeah, the these tools are a reflection of us. I think that it goes all the way back to the very first event we did together um, in, in the voice space, right? Voice Summit. I think I remember yeah. your opening lines, you know, and, and oh, I think really? that, you know, <laughs> yeah, just remember the opening, you were the opening keynote. Um, you know, we had 2000 people there yeah. and, um, you know, and it was about that, you know, language, uh, our voice was the very first tool that we had. And now here yeah, we had true. a device 
that was talking back to us uh, using the yep. tool, the very first tool we had. It was very kind of, I was, you know, it, you know, obviously I remember that. So it was like, it was very, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's a pretty, pretty amazing. You know? That's awesome. I hope someday, you know, it, uh, as great as I have learned to use language and storytelling to convey ideas. Yeah. I can't wait till we get to a point where I can just let you feel what I feel. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that's mm -hmm. missing. Right. I just, there's right. some days where I was just, I just wish I could just be like here, you know, right. and, uh, and we had, we don't have telepathy yet, but I hope someday as human beings, we can get there because, uh, remote, I, it's funny. Uh, I don't want to spoil this for anybody who's playing Boulder's Gate three, but there's a part of Boulder's <laughs> Gate three and it's one of these options. And I just talked about this this game on another podcast uh, where you resolve. Uh, this isn't a spoil for anyone, but you resolve the conflict between a father and a son that can affect a people by allowing him to feel what he feels. Mm. And I was like, wow, like I literally welled up when I felt that I was like, man, I hope that someday I'm alive. Right. Uh, to, to, to see that, you know? And so yeah. as we, as we come on a, a time piece is uh, what do you want to, what do you want to say? What do you want to leave folks with, uh, you know, as we're hitting, you know, end of 2023, you've been in this industry for a while. You talk to oh, yeah. so many people, what's got you excited or future yeah. or hopeful? Is there anything oh, you want to final words? You, you yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a great, it's a, it's a great question. I, um, you know, I think that, um, well, first off, I want to like I want to make sure I encourage people to um, uh, first off check in on themselves. Uh, we're coming towards the end of 2023, yeah. um, and uh, you know September was Mental Health Month, um, and I think that uh, it's just really important that you know check in on your stress levels um, and you know just try to get yourself in a really good position to, um, to guide into the end of the year, enjoy the holidays. And, um, and yeah, so I just think that's really important to me as, 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 uh, let the you know listeners know that, you know, I lost a, a brother five and a half years ago or five years and a few months ago. Yeah. So, you know, mental health and good mental health has been so key, uh, in my life. Um, and, and it's still not always easy. I definitely find myself, I found myself at times, you know, really like really ground down, and I get right. there because I'm so focused on execution and trying to force things to happen versus letting go, taking good care of myself, uh, doing my meditations, making sure I'm writing down my gratitude. So I would just say, right. first off, I would encourage folks to just, because we are in this period of just, it seems like we're, there's a lot of conflict out there. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty but there's also a lot of joy and a lot of love and a lot of opportunity and possibility. And there's a time of creation. And I think, you know, we can decide which world we're going to wake up in and which world we're going to live in and which world we want to see. Doesn't mean we look away from the challenges and don't do our part to try to, you know, alleviate them and make the world a better place. But I would just say, you know, for folks to check in on themselves on the business front, you know, Modev and, you know, our, our why is we believe human connection is vital in the era of digital transformation. And that's stuck with us for a long time and it still applies today. We're going to bring people together. Um, December 4th through 6th, we're co-locating two events 
uh, together. Um, one's called GovAI Summit. Um, it's at GovAISummit.com, and it's the it's a broad look at the at the AI space and its impact on the public sector, and we're really excited about that. We have um, very senior level public sector participation as well as great industry participation. We just evaluated more than 200 talks that were submitted for that event, so we're excited about that. And then we decided to accelerate the launch of Code Forward, which is our you know our generative coding conference, and. It's open for call for proposals, um, but also, you know, we just encourage folks to come and see what the new software development industry is all about. We want to just get that conversation started December 4th, 5th, 6th um, in Arlington, Virginia. So both these are in Arlington. We're also partnered with CES again, and we were chosen to produce a really cool event called Brands GPT, which is a look um, on January 9th at the Venetian Hotel about how modern brands are leveraging AI. And we've already had, you know, um, commitments from a major retailer and a a major uh, women's cosmetics company. I can't name names yet um, until we get PR sign off. But, um, but that's going to be a really cool event uh, and uh, right in the heart of what's happening at CES and we're an official partner. So it's a partner event with CES and um, I'm excited about that. It's going to be a great way to kick off the year. And, um, yeah. and then last but not least, David, you know, we started voice summit six, seven years ago now, um, wow. it evolved this year to a conference called voice and AI. We added the and AI because we knew we needed to, with regards to like where we are now, you know, voice and AI go together. Um, voice isn't necessarily the AI, it's the result of AI, but we are evolving into a new brand for that conference. We're really excited about, and it's called generate. And generate is, you know, it's 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 the AI summit. Uh, it's the enterprise AI summit, excuse me. And we actually had all the components of generate at our conference this year. We had most of the large language models, uh, many generative AI startups, uh, of course, a lot of na- natural language processing companies and conversational cloud folks. We had about thirteen hundred people. Um, every one of those thirteen hundred people were relevant to the industry. Um, yeah. and really leaning forward. So we're going to bring everything under one roof next fall, October 28th through 30th, 2024, uh, to a new conference called Generate. And I'm super excited about it. I feel like it's the culmination, nice. Dave, of 14 years of work, of relationship <laughs> and you and I have. Yeah. We're very fortunate to have relationships sort of across the board inside larger, you know, major brand organizations, but also some of the leading technology companies. And and I feel like it's, you know, it's my opus. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am, uh, I'm excited about it. We're doing the branding now. Um, right. And we'll be unveiling that brand and, you know, making announcements of who our initial partners and some of our keynote speakers are on January 9th at CES. So that'll be a oh, nice. platform for us to take the lid. So that's what I'm doing, Dave. That's, you know, yeah. in terms of like professionally, how am I manifesting this and, and, you know, living my mission it's, it's through events. Uh, it's through communities. Um, oh, and lastly, I'll just add, yeah, developers.ai will launch. Uh, we're working on our launch strategy right now, but um, we're excited about that. We think awesome. that the developer community needs a place to go uh, for right. guidance, not just technically, but the guidance organizationally, professionally, personally. And that's we're excited about what that what that could lead to. I love it. Well, thank you for... <laughs> All you do, I'll include you know, my, my chance to get, give people a sense of like, oh, actually, no, please. How does all this become Jesus work? Man. You know, how do I, people that how do know I you, you are the, <laughs> yeah, you're the least pitchy 
person that I know, and it's fine to include that kind of stuff. And yeah. I, you know, I, I, I was just saying this to more than one coworker, like get out there, go see the community. There's some people who hadn't do, done a, a talk in a while. And I've been seeing pictures of people online and their faces lit up. And uh, if anyone struggles here, here's a little tip of 17 years of DevRel. If you're a developer advocate and you're out there and you're traveling and you're going to these events, you cannot communicate that in an email or a Word doc. What mm -hmm. you need to do, get your manager, your VP, your exec out to an event. Mm -hmm. It has always worked for me because mm -hmm. there's no human being that does not feel that energy in a room yeah. when they're with other human beings. And it's so hard to describe. It's hard to metric. It's hard to do all these other things. But if you're struggling with that too, you drag people to events. <laughs> I, you know, well, it's I like, love that endorsement. And I've, I live there. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I watch it. I feel I see that it energy yeah. all the time. You can't do it over a Zoom call. There's just yep. something that doesn't translate, you know, through a screen. Um, people connect in, in person. It, it just, it's, you know, it's magical. And, um, yeah. and, uh, you know, my LinkedIn headline now is, you know, connecting bright minds and watching the magic happen or letting the magic happen. And I that's just, it. I came up with that because it's actually best described sort of like what I do and, 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 you know, I get to watch and, and at my events, I do kind of like to fade to the back, you know, right. I'm not, I'm not there so people can see me. I'm there so that they connector, can. Yeah move themselves forward. And, um, yeah, so yeah, you're right. Bring, bring the boss. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, it'll, 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 it'll pay off. Well, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for being an example and the type of person you are. And thank you for taking the time to record this, this hundredth episode, uh, you know, and this, this point honored, time that I, can't, I can't believe I ended up number 100, but, uh, I'm going to keep it 100, you know, yeah. from now on, just, just to live up to I this. I, uh, yeah. I've never done a hundred of anything. See if I can get you down to, to, to Arlington to, to be one of our keynote speakers at code forward. Cause I think you've got a oh, great message. I was happy to help. You've got a great message. So. Well, not to put you on the thank spot, you. but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll have to report back to people. How we my, you know what it is? It's like, there's this point in my life and I'm sure you, you know, anybody who's been in industry feels this. I still love doing it. I love events, but wow, do I love people who, who are great speakers who haven't had what I yeah. had. Oh yeah. Like I got the things that I got to do. I'm so grateful for it. And I'm so grateful. I'm sure there's still people listening to all that. Thank you for coming and hearing me. There's just so many incredible people that I can't wait to introduce you all to as well mm. uh, that light me up, that pour into me. Right. And right. I'm like, why aren't you on stage? You know, like we need, we need more of that too. But uh, thank you. And thank you for taking the time. Yeah. This was, this was oh, great. It's been, it's, been, it's been my pleasure, Dave. It's so good to see you. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's been my honor to be here. So thank you so much.